Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. My name is Dan Sardinas, and I'm here with my brothers once again, live from the Northwest Baptist Church offices in Bradenton, Florida. And uh, let's remind you who these guys are. We'll start over here to my far left and go around the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pilgrim Benham. And my name is Sean Otto. Sean Otto. All right, guys. Well, welcome. This is the first time they ever see my newly renovated office. It's beautiful. And, yeah. What do you, so? Yeah. What do you guys think about this? Huh? It's very nice. I like it. Yeah. You're blessed. Yeah. Lord has been very kind and gracious. I did notice there's a few bobbleheads around here. There is. There is a bobblehead. There's one in particular. Yeah, there's there's that one. He's a lot skinnier um, <laughs> than, than the one that he represents. But uh, yeah, the, this bobble, I, I'll zoom in when I edit the video, but that bobblehead over there, uh, man, in my church know I collect other the, uh, theologian bobbleheads and... Uh, surprised me one day and he's like hey i got another one for your collection and i open it up and i see a bald head i'm like what is this i pull it out and it's me i'm like this is cool this is that was way cool i was like blown away by that but and you have it organized uh you know into section and how you like your books to be organized. oh yes yeah. oh yeah yeah because i would spend a lot of time on that oh yes yeah. yeah so i got like uh the, the camera can't pick this up but those are kind of like uh commentary sets uh, on the far left, and then we have Old Testament, New Testament. Here's favorite authors, you know, Spurgeon, MacArthur, Sproul, uh, other people. Uh, Puritan paperbacks, this is more theolo the theology, so I got all my systematics up there. Um, Nine Marks, Founders, bi some biographies over here. Then you got preaching, pastoring, biographies. Uh, reference, languages, youth ministry, family. Okay. Yeah, that's how I got it all wow. organized. That's impressive. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have some organization to it. Yeah. So where's the science fiction? <laughs> <laughs> Not here. Uh, that's at the mega church down the street. There you go. <laughs> anyway, but no, that, yeah, Pilgrim was getting on my case because I have no Star Wars memorabilia in here. But I do have Yankee stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Yankee stuff, but uh, I don't have any Star Wars stuff in here, but I do have a dog named Chewie, which if you follow me on social media, you've already seen a lot of pictures of him, and I'm having a lot of fun with a dog named Chewie. Oh, that's so. cool. See, I named my dogs after theologians, but you know, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> originally, his name was going to be Spurge, and I was overruled, and uh, the kids yeah. said, no, Dad, that's not, Spurge. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not happening. Yeah, I said, you Chewy, even call Chewy, him Spurgy, Spurgy. And they're like, no, Dad. I'm like, okay. So we all like Star Wars. And then my wife, Lori, said, Chewie. I'm like, well, he looks exactly like Chewbacca, yeah. so that fits perfectly. It does, it does fit. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Well, guys, let's go to our main topic of the day. And uh, recently, the, the day that we're recording this, you might be seeing this a few days after that, um, a bombshell news report this week. Uh, I think it was Tuesday evening. We were all at home and... Uh, late in the evening, we got breaking news on our phones that uh, the Supreme Court had uh, given a draft opinion that seemed to be that Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. Mm -hmm. Roe versus Wade, of course, being the very controversial 1973 court opinion. That's very important to understand yeah. that. Mm -hmm. It's an opinion, not law, that said that uh, abortion rights were federally protected underneath the Constitution. 
which of course uh, for 50 plus years, there's been over 60 million um, babies that have been murdered in their mother's wombs. Just a, a tragedy over the last 50 years of things that have happened in, in that regard. So I got very excited uh, at first, thinking it was a done deal. And then I realized, well, it's a draft. It was a whole leak thing. That's a whole other episode. Um, and there's a lot more to go here and maybe a lot more background shenanigans happening with this. But but we figured we would address this topic because obviously everyone's talking about it. Of course, abortion uh, conversation comes and goes in waves. And of course, now it's here in a big wave. And uh, I've been very saddened, guys, to see even some Christians or people who would call themselves believers would be against overturning Roe versus Wade mm. on, on Twitter or Facebook yeah. and, and have some mixed feelings about that. So um, what are your thoughts on, on what happened this week and, and how we're going to be talking about the biblical arguments about being pro-life and what does the Bible say about that and how should Christians respond in just a few minutes? Um, and by the way, if you're listening to the beginning of this episode, you don't want to miss the end because Micah is going to give his top five books uh, if he was deserted on a deserted island, <laughs> deserted on a de- whatever. So stay tuned for that. But guys, Roe versus Wade, what are your thoughts on what happened this week and, and how, how should we process what, what's going on? Well, we know that people are already divided about this topic anyway. Uh, it seems to be exactly down party lines uh, politically. So to, to see this news come out and then to, like you said, to go on social media, to go on your Twitter feed, you'll see people's visceral reaction. You mm-hmm. see Chuck Schumer calling this possible ruling uh, an abomination, mm-hmm. right? And so I would, as you know, I would echo every other um, you know, biblical Christian, we would yeah. say, no, abortion itself is an abomination. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so this, this can be a, an incredibly great step forward where we give the states back the right. Um, and 26 states have already minimized or, or completely forbidden abortion in, in some form or fashion. So uh, we already see that there, there's precedent that this could totally change. Well, and that's the key right there. This does not overturn abortion. It just gives it back to the states and let each individual state decide. That's what they did a few years ago with marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gambling. Other issues that have happened in this nation that we may or may not be against, whatever. However, for abortion, they treat it differently. And you and I wonder why. Like, why is this not a state issue? You know, why, why can't this be given over to the states as our Constitution and our founding fathers has designed? Uh, obviously, we would hope they would all be outlawed everywhere. But we know the hearts of men and, uh, and the depravity that exists will not, will not allow that. But we, we, but God is sovereign in that. They want it to be a right, yeah. but it is not a constitutional right to Correct. have an abortion. Yeah, it was a very skewed opinion, and that's what Ju- Justice Alito um, said in his uh, draft opinion that was leaked out, that this should never have been allowed to begin with. Well, you've seen, we know who's who's truly behind all this, and that's, that's Satan and the evil one and the, the forces of darkness. And that's remember, that's who we are truly fighting against in a spiritual battle. We know that they have their figureheads of, of certain uh, activists and certain politicians who we can go on social media and we can see them angrily ranting about what's going on. Um, but we know um, that it goes much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm encouraged by it. And you even said, Dan, before we started that you were 
uh, surprised a bit that that it seems to be happening because you weren't sure if it was going to yeah. happen. Uh, and after 50, almost 50 years of this, but it's, you know, there has been, I've been encouraged by solid pastors, solid churches that have been um, chipping away at this, mm-hmm. um, especially Jeff Durbin, Apologia, uh, the work that they've been doing for many years um, before uh, mm-hmm. before state legislators, before governors yeah. out on the streets yeah. um, saying, hey, the church, um, it's good to influence our, our, our representatives. We want to do that. But yeah. really, this comes back to the church and yeah. our responsibility mm-hmm. um, to be out, to be preaching the gospel uh, and to be preaching truth. So it's encouraging. Uh, yeah. Same, encouraging for me. You know, Roe v. Wade went into effect the year before I was born. And so I've always known that was just been a part of my life. And so to actually see the possibility that could be overturned is so encouraging. And I think one of the things that has really stood out to me this week watching some of the reaction is how clarifying uh, some of the terminology becomes whenever you start talking about this. I don't know if you've noticed, but of course, uh, the, the idea of a birthing person has gone out the window and all of a sudden we're talking about women again because we know who women right. are. Right. Um, the, the Freudian slip yesterday or the day before of our president who said aborting a child and right. he named it for right. what? Because yeah. you can't avoid the reality yeah. exactly. of what we're facing. And so I think the Bible has always brought that clarity and now it's coming back into focus and we have a real opportunity i think to speak to that absolutely yeah and a a biblical equivalent to this would be the worship of a false god that the israelites were unfortunately entrapped by and that's by the name of molech Uh, molech was basically a very uh a sexual god and you worshiped him through different sexual rituals and one of those ways in order to receive more blessings from molech was to offer your children. And in this, these idols of, of Molech, there would be these holes where you could put your children in and burn them alive in, in order to have future blessings and promises and to have more children afterwards. You would sacrifice the ones you have to have a better life, to have more freedom. Does that not sound eerily familiar? Wow. Because the arguments that the pro-choice movement gives in this way is, is that it's all about freedom. It's freedom of, of the woman to choose over her body. And, and uh, if she's not ready, maybe there's too much poverty, all these different things that come into play. And it sounds exactly like the worship of Molech, which God forbid his people to do. And I don't think it's a coincidence that all of the Roe v. Wade and abortion activism was happening at the same time the sexual revolution was taking off. The two go hand in hand. Absolutely. And so to give that freedom that you're talking about from the Old mm-hmm. Testament, you see the same thing here. You need to have freedom uh, to get rid of your baby in order to have the life you always wanted. That's right. the lie uh, that's put out there in the pro-choice, pro-abortion yeah. movement. Yeah. It's really what it is. It's the freedom to have unhindered sex with whoever you want without any consequences correct sometimes yeah. the uh the mindset is that oh the, the, this is just on the periphery there's only a few happening uh annually this isn't a big a big issue and yet uh data came in that 61 percent of global unwanted pregnancies 61 percent end in an abortion so wow. the overwhelming majority of people that get pregnant and don't want to be pregnant uh end that pregnancy they terminate it through <laughs> abortion we can use terms like abort or terminate, but we're actually, the Bible would, would have something specific. Even though the Bible doesn't say the word abortion in it, right. there's plenty of scripture that, 
that uh, corroborates that God is is yeah. actively yeah. Uh, creating life from the womb. Yeah, one of those scriptures about Molech, if you would like to look it up, uh, if you're listening at home, Le- Leviticus 18.21, God addresses this in his law. He says, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. Basically, the Lord was ta- telling his people, look, that's how they live. That's not how you're going to live. You are my people. You're called by my name. You're going to have my law. You're going to be holy, set apart. Don't live like them. And God was calling them away from that foolishness. So to see Christians or, or professing Christians align themselves with this, with this evil, which is the greatest holocaust that has ever existed in, in the world, just saddens me to no end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are there some biblical arguments that we could make about why abortion is wrong? Why, why life does not begin when the mother chooses um, or, or if the mother wants the baby? What are, because the scripture guide, guys, is our authority. So if we're going to make arguments, it has to be from that, not from emotion. Uh, it has to be from that. So what, what would you say? Well, so the argument is that uh, this is not truly a person. Right, it's a fetus. It's not truly. It's a cluster of cells. It's a bundle of nerves, but it's not actually a person. And so we'd have to consult the scriptures and say, well, does the Bible have any connection between uh, what God is doing in His creative work and what's happening in the womb? And we we see it yeah. mm-hmm. throughout. I mean, just one example is Jeremiah one five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. So. Here, Jeremiah is told by God, hey, you were formed Mm -hmm. uh, in the womb. That's important. I formed you in the womb. Yes. Uh, And so you had personhood in the womb. But even before that, there was that intimacy and that that sovereign um, love that that Jeremiah didn't actually understand until uh, later. And so, I mean, there's there's one example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this a person or not? Which is the same argument that the Nazis use of the Jewish people. During the Holocaust, they're just Jews, right? They're not of the right race or eye color or hair color. You know, Hitler was, you know, famous for saying that. And then also, what um, some, you know, some of those slave masters said, even uh, during during the times of the 1800s. You know, well, black people, Africans are not real people. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, they, that's why we're making them and treating them this way. Yeah. It's always degrading uh, the image of God mm-hmm. in humanity, and this. It, it, this is just a lie from Satan spun in different ways. Sure, yeah. sure. The, the phrase, the German phrase, life unworthy of life. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, another passage that, that we often go to, of course, is Psalm, Psalm 139. Uh, David's so clear uh, about this. Uh, verse 13, for you forms my inward parts you wove me in my mother's womb i will give thanks to you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in secret and intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes have seen my unshaped substance and in your book all of them were written the days that were formed for me when as yet there was not one of them Hmm. so here we see before, before we were a twinkle in our father's eye, right? The Lord knew, Amen. knew us. And not only at the beginning, but in our mother's womb, the words woven and intricately are used to show the great care 
and love that that God has uh, mm-hmm. for His image bearers, even in the womb. Mm-hmm. And then it, it goes on, not only in the womb, but all our days, the days that were formed for me. Mm-hmm. So there is a also an objection that comes for um, for us who are pro life, and people say, "Oh, well, you only you only care about um, you know." babies in the womb like you don't care what happens to right. them once they birth yeah pro birth and yeah. of course that is that is very false and that's why we have um, families uh, in solid churches that are willing to adopt mm-hmm. uh, the children to save them from abortion mm-hmm. but we see that this of course this is God's heart as well that this even this text that we go to so often to show um, that there's life in the womb. It's mm-hmm. not just in the womb, but God is concerned with all our days. That yes. They're marked out for us, mm-hmm. formed for us from beginning to end. Yeah, that is such a false narrative that Christians only care about them being born and then who cares afterwards. I mean, just locally here, we have organizations like Gar- Guardian Angels, which serves as foster care mm-hmm. providers. Mm-hmm. We have Solve Homes, you know, because now we don't believe, we don't care about women, supposedly. But Solve Homes cares for women mm-hmm. who are battered or abused or facing that unwanted pregnancy and helping them through it. We have North River Care, same thing. That's help that uh, our church gives to these places, provides bottles and diapers and formula and mm-hmm. toys and onesies and uh, car seats and high chairs and everything that that woman might need for her child. Mm-hmm. Um she receives. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- again, it's a false narrative that the that the pro-choice people you like to use that Christians are just uh, uncaring about what happens. Uh, we have people in our church serving in many of these res- organizations because they care deeply about children and women. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we've done at our church first, I'm we are an, I'm adoptive father, adoptive family, mm-hmm. so we have an adopted. A son who we love very dearly, just like our biological children. Uh, but one of the things uh, that churches do, we have funds available to help people who want to adopt because yeah. it's very expensive. And so here's some money to help you adopt. Um, I think even uh, the Medical Pregnancy Center in Sarasota, they come along not just the uh, mothers, but the fathers too. They try to get them involved and yes. they walk along with them for several months, if not years, after the birth of a child. So I agree. I think it's a a long-term investment, not just you had the baby, now we're done with you. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, I saw, maybe you saw this meme the other day. I saw it on Twitter. I don't know who posted it or whatever. It's not the first time I've seen it. It was like, uh, you know, it was like a pro-choice person saying, it should be illegal for men to get a woman pregnant and then leave them, you know. And, and then the other person says, your terms are acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're not, we're not arguing against that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take responsibility. If yeah, you fathered right. that child, then you ought to care for that woman and for that and for that baby. Um, you know, be a man. Yeah. You know, right. so uh, all these fallacies that exist to uh, to why this would be acceptable, they all fall short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Right. Um, and he, here's another verse. For example, in Exodus, uh, just after God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and he says very specifically about. When, when a man tries to harm a woman and she's pregnant. Um, this, this speaks volumes here. This is in Exodus 21, 22. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall be surely 
fine, be fined as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for strike. Here God says of the child in the mother's womb, it's life for life. If that life is is hurt in any way, then a life shall be required. This is not difficult, guys, right? It, like, like Tom Askell, who we all love, uh, says greatly in our Southern Baptist Convention, we have a book, <laughs> right? Let's use the book. The book tells us what to believe. The book tells us where to stand and what we, sh- what we ought to fight for. We don't need to be reinventing definitions. Yeah, and that's such a good point because it's, that shows the goodness of God's law yeah. that he has given to us. And so often we just we ignore it or we don't refer to it. We try other methods. But you're right. God's We know God's word is sufficient Amen. for everything we need for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And so these answers to these uh, super important big questions that we face here in this time, we, we have the answers for. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Very good. Now, guys. You know, we can go on and on, and I think everyone's pretty clear where we stand and and even the scriptures. But there might be some women listening to this, uh, or even some men who, who, you know, aided uh, a woman in having an abortion um, or is thinking about having an abortion. Um, And maybe she's a sister in Christ now and had an abortion before in the past when she wasn't a believer. What encouragement would we give? Because I think that we also need to speak not just law. You know, Micah just said law is good. God's law is good. It's our standard to, to know what's right and wrong and to work how to live. But we also have gospel, right? And the God who gave the law also gave the gospel. So what gospel hope would you give to women who had an abortion in the past Um and, and, and encourage them there. What, what, what's the hope for them? Yeah, I think of Psalm 51. I think of, um, you know, David's sin with Bathsheba. There was even a, a unwanted pregnancy. Um, that child did end up uh, dying. We're not really sure what. Uh, we just know that the, the baby died. And so David, after um, Nathan confronts him, there was, there was probably an indeterminate amount of time where he was, he was running from that guilt, but it was... It was Psalm 32 talks about it. It was like shut up in his bones. He was he was uh, he was feeling the the weight of that, and it was affecting every aspect of his life. And so, if you've if you have had an abortion, uh, whether you're the the mother or you're the the father, um, you know there is a there's an absolute sense of you may have tried to avoid it, but there's an absolute sense of guilt and shame uh, and brokenness over that, and maybe even a remorse and a, and a desire to go back and 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 fix that regret, but. I just love what David says here. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And he goes on to say, It's it's always in front of me. Um, and only God, as we bring our, our failures, as we bring our sin, as mm. we bring our transgression, uh, whether willful or unwillful, when we bring that to Him, we have to we have to throw ourselves upon His mercy. Amen. We can't do anything to make up for that. Yeah. It's not like I've, I've committed an abortion. Now let me go adopt children. That'll make up for that. You know. So now my deeds are balanced. The only thing we can do is throw ourselves as a guilty sinner upon the mercy of God. And thankfully, 
God has provided his mercy through yeah. the, the merit of Christ. And Christ yeah. has done the work. Christ took our penalty. He died in our place. He rose again for our justification. And so I would just encourage you, fall upon Christ and yeah. his finished work for you. I just I just love that, the whole the gospel message. Uh, because we would say abortion uh, is murder, but murder is not an unforgivable sin. Right. Uh, Christ died for that sin. Amen. And so there is hope. And I remember counseling with a, a lady in our church who had had an abortion at a young age with what you described, mm-hmm. deep regret and, and a lot of shame. And the gospel was brought her peace as Amen. she threw that to Christ and realized Christ died for that sin and I can be whole in him. Uh, what, a, what a hope, mm-hmm. right, for that, for that individual. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans A1. Mm-hmm. Sisters, be encouraged. There is forgiveness in Christ. Um, you know, just like Pilgrim said, run to him and know that he loves you. Know that he has forgiven you in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and for those women who, who are, are, are torn about this, and or maybe you're not a believer, we, we encourage you to repent of your sin and there's mercy to be found in Christ alone. Um, we'd be glad to talk to you about that. Uh, you can reach out, leave a comment, speak to any one of us, and we, we'd be glad to get you the help you need mm-hmm. and, and comfort you and, and, and help you in that way. And I would say if there's a listener right now who is facing an unwanted pregnancy, just know there is help. There is hope. Uh, don't give yeah. up. Contact us. Uh, comment on, mm-hmm. on this, and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. We'll come alongside you. And there's a multitude of options. As mm-hmm. um, there, there, are, there are couples who cannot conceive. You know, they, they are barren. And they, they want desperately to have children, and they're, they're, they're waiting to adopt. Mm-hmm. And so that is so much a better answer. Uh, you know, if you, if you feel like you can't do this, then at least give them up for adoption. There's caring Christian parents that, that would be glad to do that, organizations that, that screen and do all that that's necessary to make that happen. For sure. Yeah, very good. Um, what can we encourage believers to be bold uh, in this way because we've already seen the protests at the Supreme Court uh, we've already seen the hate that's being spewed towards those who are pro-life on social media uh, we saw Elizabeth Warren go on a temper tantrum outside uh, the streets of Washington the other day saying we've been planning this for, for decades she's right <laughs> we've been praying and planning this for decades you're absolutely right Senator Warren and by the, by the mercy of a sovereign God, this will be overturned. Um, but how could we encourage believers to stand firm even against the attacks that may come because of our position? Well, I think we first have to know, like we said, we have to know what God's word says. Yeah. And we can't kowtow to the popular opinion. Well, we're, we're in a, a minority position here. That's a, we're an outlier. That's an outlier position. Um, we look at the scripture, Proverbs 6, there's six or seven things God hates. And one of them is that uh, he hates hands that shed innocent blood. So we, mm-hmm. we have to know that. Um, but I think once we know what God's word says, um, like Psalm 82 says, defend the weak and the fatherless. We have, we have a, an obligation, really, mm-hmm. when we see injustice like this magnitude happening, that we, we can't shrink back. We can't be silent. We can't just uh, just say, well, hopefully it'll get worked out. Yeah, um, I think that's the first step is mm-hmm. we, we must know what God's word says and then we have to 
we have to defend the cause that God would desire us to defend. Amen. Anything else to add? Well, I would say too, uh, for sure, uh, that we know where we stand. Um, If Roe uh, gets overturned and states like Florida then kick in laws that uh, limit or hopefully maybe even prohibit abortion altogether, then the result would be that we would see more births, uh, hopefully. So I think for us to remain committed to and maybe even increase our involvement with Mm -hmm. agencies that are helping uh, young women that are pregnant, uh, whether that's financial support or volunteering or becoming an adoptive parent ourselves or foster care, there's a lot of ways that we can push into and lean into uh, those resources that are there Mm -hmm. that hopefully will be needed even more. Uh, post row. Amen. Mm-hmm. Good. Excellent, guys. Very excellent. All right. Well, um, good conversation. And uh, please uh, ask us if you have any questions or comments, leave them in the comment section on Facebook or YouTube or email us at thegospelforum at gmail.com. We're going to go to Micah's top five in just a moment, but I learned something new during this episode, guys, which makes me feel so good. I was blown away when Sean said that he was born in 1974. That's correct. I thought this whole time I was the old man of the Gospel Forum. I am no longer the old man of the group. Uh, I was born in 1977. Wow. So we're lined up by age here. Ah, that, that's how we're doing we this. Kind of there we are. go. There we go. Yeah, there you go. So 1977. Uh, so wow. you now have the mantle <laughs> of old what man in the group. There you go. All right, good. Well, Can Micah. you hear us? Can you hear us? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me turn up my belt. All right. All right, let's go to Micah. So Micah, if you found yourself trapped on a deserted island and you only had five books with you what books would they want what you would you want them to be yeah and here's the caveat the bible you already have so you can't choose the bible because that's what everyone would choose um so that's the caveat and how to survive on a desert island and you can't choose how to survive on a desert (laughs) island like like pilgrim did um no i'm just kidding so so what would those top five books be yeah thank you i've been looking forward to this this part uh first one of my uh, favorite theologian pastors of old is Bishop J.C. Ryle. I've grown a lot over the years by reading through several of his books and also discipling other guys and taking other guys as well through his books, uh, particularly Thoughts for Young Men. I really recommend that one. That's not, my, that's not the one I picked, though. I picked Holiness yes. uh, by Ryle. Excellent book. Uh, mm-hmm. Really ministered to me, and I think um, being reminded of, of my life uh, before the Lord, even stranded on a desert island by myself, mm-hmm. uh, is important that no matter where I am in the world, who I am with, who I am not with, I am still called to holiness Amen. Um, through the blood of Christ, you know, through the Holy Spirit that's working in me. So that's number one. Next, uh, I am a big fan of, of biographies, true stories of real people, love, love, movies, little biographies uh, that communicate and, and share lives of those who have gone before. And being involved overseas for several years with a mission organization, missionary biographies particularly have, have really encouraged me. And so I picked Devoted for Life by Vance Christie. Mm-hmm. That's the story of Adoniram Judson. Uh, and there's been a couple biographies written uh, on to Golden Shores or on Golden Shores is, is a pretty well-known one. But this one, 
I thought was very, very well done. It's a page turner. Mm. And if you know anything about Judson's life and the sacrifices and struggles that he went to take the gospel uh, to the country of Burma, to see the Bible translated, to see churches planted, it's, it's an amazing story. Mm. So highly recommend Devoted for Life, Vance Christie. Then uh, the church history is very important for us to know yeah. uh, in, in, in several ways. And so uh, I've even grown in that recently as I've been in a, a, a Bible study that's been focused on church history. And a great book that is easy to read, because sometimes church history books seem very daunting. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple authors that have uh, multiple volumes. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. But Sinclair Ferguson wrote a book called In the Year of Our Lord, mm-hmm. uh, which takes just one chapter and he goes through the centuries. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's, they're short chapters. They're very easy to read. They're interesting. He has, he makes all the high points through church history and it just he's we know Sinclair Ferguson we love him he's he's a he's a devoted man of the Lord and uh, an amazing author so that's that's a book I would take with me as well to be reminded uh, even again I'm on this desert island uh, but I, I I have a long line of godly men uh, and churches throughout the ages to encourage me mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. so and it's a small book it's not it's not big mm-hmm. uh, next to have to do with uh, my my pastoral role of, of leading corporate worship and the Psalms uh, I go to and I'm in every week there's not almost uh, a couple days go by that I'm not in the Psalms because mm-hmm. that is the hymn book for the church mm-hmm. uh, and that shows us who God is and how we are to come to him and worship and so a great uh, uh, volume now this is three books I think if I would pick one of the three, it would be volume three, uh, but The Treasury of David from Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. He, does a, he, has, he does a great job in, in going through the Psalms. And I particular, particularly would choose volume three because he goes to the end, the end of the Psalms uh, where we have Psalms 140 through 150 that really are highlighting on, on there's shorter Psalms mm-hmm. on praising the Lord. Yes. So I am called once again, no matter where I am on a deserted, I'm called, called to praise the Lord for who he is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a good reminder for me as that commentary. And then finally, I would take a hymnal. I would take a hymnal and I would take hymns yeah. of grace yeah. that has been, edited and published by Grace Community Church in, in Los Angeles, California, Sun Valley, California. There, it's probably the best hymnal out there that I know of. It's a modern hymnal, so that means it includes all the old hymns of the faith from A Mighty Fortress is Our God all the way to newer hymns written yeah. by Sovereign Grace Music and Keith and Kristen Getty. And so it has a wide range of hymns, and I love to sing, and uh, so I would love to take that with me to be reminded and there's many hymns even in that hymnal i don't know so yeah. it would be good to learn new hymns while i'm <laughs> on a deserted island so awesome that's my top five that's cool great awesome so let's be stranded together because i also have hymns of grace on mine so that means you keep hymns of grace and i can take an extra one That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be good. all right good all right guys well thank you very much for this great conversation thanks micah for that top five Uh, This has been another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast, and make sure you check us out on our website, thegospelforum.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, your favorite podcast app, and uh, be kind and leave us a review. We'd be so appreciative of that. But until next time, 
Keep on reforming. reforming.